How y'all doing this morning? Turn to Acts 28, Acts 28, 1 Corinthians 1. And just for the record, Frank, I never hear blah, blah, blah. I hang on every word you say during the welcome. And I hear why, why, why every once in a while, but never blah, blah, blah. But anyway, we had a good week. At least I had a good week. Hopefully you had a good week. I'm excited about today and wrapping up our journey on um, We're the Church and and what does that mean? And so um, this morning in Acts chapter 28, we're going to start in verse 30. Acts 28, verse 30. It says, For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. And he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for just um, this week. Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, just to be able to come and worship you. And Father, just um, learn more about you, Father, and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live for you. Father, open our hearts. In Son's name I pray. Amen. Friday afternoon, we walked over here to make a video, and I started turning lights on. And that third set of chandeliers is the only lights that would come on. I said, hmm, that's not right. So I flipped on the baptistry light for some reason. Only about a third of those lights come on. And so then what do you do? I called dad. Dad. He said, I can't right now. Mr. James. That's why he's on speed dial. Mr. James. Then we ended up on Demco. We had lost a whole phase coming in this building. I'm glad we figured it out at 1.30 on Friday and not this morning at 6.30. Because um, I went home and preached from the house in air condition. But, uh, you know, today it is exciting. You know, and when you start looking at all the things and, you know, compared to back in Scripture when Paul and the different ones was, was back then to the day. You know, some ways I feel like we have it made, but in other ways I feel like we have it a whole lot worse. If that would even make sense. You know, for me, worse, Monday, about 1.30, I left a meeting in Walker and was on my way back to the church, and I got a phone call saying, hey, we're staying in phase two. Have you ever seen a balloon when you blow a balloon up and you let it go? And it goes, <laughs> That's what I did in my truck, because we'd been making all these plans for July, and then all at once, July got pushed to August, maybe, maybe. It might be September. I'm not making any promises at this point. But you know what? The gospel's the gospel. And how we're called to live don't change because we don't have to be here. You know, so immediately me and Frank sat down Tuesday and started talking about, all right, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to continue discipleship? What do we need to do to continue growth in people? And, you know, and what is that going to keep looking like as we move forward, you know? And so, you know, when you look at this and you read just those two verses, that don't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. Because it says, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all to come to see him. And he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. You know, what's leading up to this where he got in his house and you can go backwards and and read a little bit in Acts towards the end. Paul was traveling over there, got shipwrecked, and then... He was gathering some brush, got bit by a snake and held his arm up with that snake on it. And God protected him from the snake bite. And then he was teaching with Romans gardening. 
as I was gardening. And so, you know, when you look at where he's at, but where right here in this house, he says he used his own house. And right there, when you go back and really study, he was a tent maker. He was a leather worker. So he was working at home. And then everybody that come in, he was teaching them about God. Right now, most everybody in here has some sort of tent that we're living in, don't we? We have homes that we've been blessed with in one way or another. What if we turn those into our church? What if we said, all right, everybody that walks through my door is going to hear about God. I'm going to teach him with boldness and without hindrance because what goes on within your walls, nobody can stop. And so why can't we have that same attitude that Paul did? You know, and, and I got to thinking, you know, I said, you know, he was shipwrecked. He had soldiers standing over him. He got bit by a snake all to prove that God's will can be completed if you're willing. Now, I'm just going to throw this out. The shipwreck, I believe I'd be okay. The guards, I'd be okay. But if God used a snake to bite me to prove his point, prove it on Frank or Donnie or Mike. <laughs> I don't like snakes. And you would know it was an act of God if I held it up and was still breathing. Because I probably, my body would shut down because I don't like snakes. Turn with me over to, to 1 Corinthians now. 1 Corinthians, Paul and 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Paul called to the apostle Christ Jesus by the will of God and our, bro and our brother Sothenes to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people together with all those everywhere who called on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of the grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way and with all kinds of speech and with knowledge. Gus died God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but you be perfectly united in mind and thought. I want you to look at those first 10 verses. And, you know, I, I know I've shared a couple of times before that years ago I got challenged to just take my Bible and read to enjoy. You know, don't bring a pen. And for me, I can't bring phone, iPad, pen, pencil, nothing, just to go sit and read God and enjoy God. Not read for the next message, not read for the next devotion, not read to study, but to read to enjoy God. And literally this week I was reading these scriptures and I had to break that. I had to hurry up and get to a pen in my computer because when you read that, and I've read this, no telling how many times through the years, but for some reason those first 10 verses jumped out at me because between what Paul starts in, in 1 Corinthians 1, 1 down to verse 10, he mentions Jesus Christ 10 times. Do you hear the importance of what he was trying to say? He was putting all, all the emphasis back on Jesus. You know, go with me. You know, underline them for me with me in your Bible if you want to. Mine, I highlighted mine because that's how important it, it was. It says, Paul called to be an apostle 
of Christ Jesus by the will of God. We're all called to be those apostles. And Paul's identified, that's how he's identifying himself. You know, how cool would it be is when you walked up to somebody and you stuck your hand out and said, hey, I'm Johnny Morgan. I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how you started every conversation. You know, and right there, that's what Paul's doing. Paul's identifying himself with, with Christ, you know, and it goes down. And it says, to the church of God, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. Again, he's identifying the people. He's saying, look, all these people are part of Christ Jesus. And it just keeps going. You know, he said, they're together and all those, everyone who can call on the name, all, everywhere can call on the name, Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see how he keeps going through and he keeps identifying everything and he moves down to start giving thanks. He said, I'll always thank God for you because of the grace given you in Christ Jesus. You know, think about it. What if, what if we look this morning, we gave thanks for what God has done with our worship team today. You know, this morning, you know, we, we're blessed. It's easy for me to step up behind this team and speak because they do such an incredible job of bringing us into God's presence. And so right here, that's what Paul's doing. You know, he's giving thanks and he just keeps going. And he says, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ in you. You know, we all have a testimony. We all have a story if we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And he's confirming that. He says, look, you have this story because of Christ. You know, you have the gifts that you have because of Christ. There's some of you doing things that, that can do things that I'll never be able to do. And I can do things you can't do because God's given us all these gifts because of Jesus Christ. You know, and so it just keeps going down the line. And so, you know, this morning, you know, when we talk about we are the church and we start looking at how Paul lived and we go back through the whole book of Acts, you know, we just hit highlights over it the last several weeks. Are we really living for Jesus the way we should? That's the question. Are we really living for Jesus the way we should? You know, we'll go back to, to our chart. You know, here's the whole world and here we are at Live Oak Baptist Church. And here's the whole world, you know, and, and right here, somewhere in that little red dot is where Johnny and Tammy Morgan live. Do we honor God with our house? Do we honor, when people come in our house, do they expect to see God lived out in our house? Some days I'd say, yeah. Some days, mm, maybe not. But you know what? Years ago, Years ago, I said, God, this is your house. God, this is your house. I want to honor you with everything that we do in this house. You know, people will say, why do you have Bible studies at your house? Why do you have so many people coming over to your house? Because it's not my house. It's God's house. And when they're in God's house, then I can boldly, without hindrance, tell them what he's done in my life. And what he's done in the life of my family. And I can point everything back to Jesus and how he's blessed us. There's things that's happened in that house that the only reason we're still here is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when people walk on that property, I can say, look at my God. Look at how big my God is. Look at what my God's done for me. But that's a choice that I have to make. Because it would be easy for me to say, you know something? 
when I'm in my house, that's my house, and I don't want nobody to come in my house because I want to live how I want to live in my house. But you can ask my girls how many times they've heard me say it over the years. We live in a glass house. Sure, we have walls, but everybody knows what's going on in a minister's house, whether you want them to or not. So if they're going to know it, let's just go ahead and show them Christ. You know, because whenever it comes down to that red dot right there, right there, 30990 LA Highway 16, Dillon Springs, Louisiana, 70726, right there, my goal is that people say, I saw God there. I saw God there. In 2016, when we had that little bit of water come across Livingston Parish, we didn't have flood insurance. We'd been designated in the X zone for what that was worth. And so we didn't have flood insurance. And so we got water in our houses. And so this lady from FEMA shows up at the house and she's walking through the house looking and as she's looking at things and, and she made some statement about, she's, and I don't even remember how she said it, but she made a statement about, I guess, expectations. And I told her, I said, I expect nothing. I said, I don't expect the government to bail me out. It was ignorance on my part not to have flood insurance whenever there's never been water on this property ever. But that's my fault. It's not the government's fault. They didn't say, Johnny, you have to buy this house. And she looked at me and she said, you're probably the only person I've ever heard say that. Everybody expects us to come in here and bail them out. And I said, I have no expectations. I said, I will not lie. If you write me a check, I will take that check to use to rebuild my house. If you don't write that check, I'm not going to blame you for not writing me a check. We're having this conversation on my front porch. A truck pulls up, and a man gets out the truck, and he said, are you Johnny Morgan, one of the uh, a minister at Live Oak Baptist Church? I said, yes, sir. And he said, I'm from, and to this day, I can't tell you, all I know is Texas. He said, I'm from Texas. He said, we was in a staff meeting Monday, and we was praying about what happened over here. And somebody in our church walked up and handed us literally an envelope with, with lots of money in it and told us to go distribute it to ministers in Louisiana, in Livingston Parish. And he said, so I want to hand you this and pray with you and leave. That was the conversation. He prayed with me. He got in his truck. He left. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup today if he drove back up. But he handed us an envelope, literally with $2,000 cash. Because then he said, he said, we want to give you cash because we know that you probably need to be able to spend it quick. And why do I tell you that story? Because me and this lady was just giving God glory on the front porch. Because before it was over with, she saw this. Witness, she was standing there. She saw that. And I walked back over and joked. I said, well, I guess this is going to affect me. She said, no, it's not. And she said, so you're a minister? And I said, yeah. And she said, can I pray with you? Right here on the front porch, ma'am. And so this lady that worked for FEMA, that worked for the government, prayed with us on the front porch that God would protect us during our, our thing. And so even at that point, in August of 2016, I reconfirmed, recommitted my house to God. and said, God, when we rebuild, God, remember, this is your house. Let it be used for you. 
And so this morning, you know, as we, as we look at this and we look at how Paul lived and how 10 times in the first 10 verses of 1 Corinthians 1, he points everything back to Jesus. I think we need to be reminded, we need to constantly be pointing our life back to Jesus in everything, in our testimony and how we're living and what we're doing and how we get along with people. You know, in today's world, it's easy not to get along with people because you can get real crossways real quick on political stuff right now. But what scripture tell us? You know, that we're to be unified. It don't say that we have to agree. We just have to be unified. And so this morning, you know, that's how I want to, you know, that's what I want us to see. You know, we're the church. How are we are the church? How does that translate into you and your house where you live? I'm taking it away from this church property. I picked it, Tammy, last night. I said, we just as well just sell the church property and go virtual. Because I don't know if we're ever going to be back on church property. But it's okay because God's still moving. Because Thursday afternoon I had a young lady show up in my office and she said you know something she said I want to become part of Live Oak Baptist Church and I kind of chuckled to myself I said "Hmm, that'll be fun and she said and I can't wait till we can start having Sunday school again so I can have that accountability you know and so that give me that hope that I needed last week to say all right we are coming back and we are going to do Sunday school again right now it's just different And it was a reminder of how big our God is because he's still moving. He's still moving. But this morning, bring it back to your house. Say, God, if you've never done it today, commit your home to God. And say, God, I want to honor you with my home. Everything that comes out of it, I want to point it back to you so I can live boldly and unhindered in you. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just say that we love you. Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, just, Father, how clear it is, Father, on how we should live. Father, and how we should live boldly for you. Father, and how we shouldn't let things hold us back. Father, today, Father, you have blessed us. Father, you have blessed us as a church. And Father, I just ask today, Father, that we just leave from here and give back to you with our home, with our life, with everything. Father, because this world desperately needs to see you today. And we can make a difference around our dining room table or in our dens or living rooms or on our front porch. Father, there's some this morning, Father, that's never asked you to become their Lord and Savior. Father, they know today they need to start that journey. Father, give them the courage, Father, to do that. Father, there's some today that need to make Live Oak Baptist their home. Father, that today will be that day that they'll jump in with both feet to serve where you've called them to serve. Father, we love you. 